This is the EPLOG audio experience. Welcome to the fourth episode of our podcast series, Salary Hike Stories, Trends and Insights from Aon's 24th Salary Increase Survey. My name is Anustup and I have with me Zaitl Fernandez, partner Aon Human Capital Solutions. Thank you very much. Zaitl, in the previous episodes, we double-clicked on the overall pay increase numbers and deep-dived into the financial sector. We have talked about one number by sectors and by levels of management. Let's talk about performance management. When we discuss performance, we often talk about the bell curve. Could you introduce it to our listeners? Sure. So, um, if you look at the bell curve, uh, it is a concept that is borrowed from statistical theory. But from the performance management perspective, it became popular sometime in the 70s. Okay. So through the 70s, the 80s and the 90s, if you were talking performance management, the bell curve always featured prominently in that discussion. Right. The bell curve is basically saying um, that most of your employees should be rated as having met expectations. Okay. And that should be about 70% of your population. The best performing employee should not be more than 20% of your organization. And um, at the bottom, you should have as many as 10% of your organization that has not met expectations or has met some expectations, but not all. Sure. So 20, 70, 10 was um, the concept of the bell curve. Now we have, as you're aware, have been doing the salary increase survey for the last 24 years. And one of the things that we've, one of the questions that we've asked um, our clients is, how does the ratings distribution look within your organization? Right. So if you track that over a number of years, uh, we've seen um, that we started out very positively skewed. That means much more than 20% of the organization was rated as uh, having exceeded expectations. In fact, between 2006 and 2010, that number was as high as 39.5. So four out of every 10 employees was rated as having exceeded expectations. So almost double than the prescribed number. The prescribed number, exactly. Yeah. If you look at 2016 to 2020, that is in the last four years, you will see that that number has come down to just slightly about 30%. So we're still positively skewed, but we're much less um, so than previously. So uh, over the years, uh, the country has gotten a lot better at identifying its high performers and identifying its um, low performers. Um, And uh, that shows uh, to the maturing um, performance management systems within the country. Right. So are you also saying that uh, corporates in India are now able to take those difficult calls to actually uh, categorize employees as not having performed as per expectations, as per their management's uh, performance levels that they really want out of their employees? Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's a combination of the system that you have. So uh, the more detailed uh, your system is, the easier it is uh, for you to look at the output from that system and then identify um, where the individual falls uh, within your rating system. But also uh, the performance management culture, where there isn't strong enough evidence, um, a manager might be prompted to rate someone higher because uh, that's a much easier conversation to have with employees. But where managers uh, get more and more comfortable with giving feedback and where employees get more and more comfortable receiving feedback and evidence-based feedback, it's much easier uh, to give um, proper feedback to their, to their employees. 
So we often hear the bell curve getting beaten up because uh, managers uh, struggle to force fit their employees into some pre-decided slots um, as per as per certain corporate policy. Mm-hmm. So what is your take on that? And uh, what are some of the things that organizations really need to be careful about when they are implementing a bell curve? Um, if you take a step back um, and look at the 2070-10, not as those numbers, but as a concept, you cannot have all of your employees exceeding expectations. Right. Yeah. If you do, yeah. if that happens, then clearly your expectations are very low. On the other hand, you cannot have everybody not exceeding expectations because the reverse is true yeah. there. Um, if you ask any manager, who among the people that you manage are your top 20%, they would broadly be able to tell you. And that's what the performance management system uh, seeks to help identify. Right. That if you had to think about the special people within your team, who are those special people? So we're not really fast and, you know, whenever we've done performance management consulting exercises, um, we've advised firms not to nickel and dime that 20%, 70% and 10%, but to keep within the broad philosophy. Yeah. So if you've reversed the 70 and 20, then there's clearly something wrong in the way in which you're managing performance. If your 20 is 25 and your 70 is 65, it's not such a big deal. Right. Yeah. When people are implementing the bell curve, uh, we caution them against focusing too much on the rating and not on what's going into the rating. So as an employee, yes, it's useful for me to know whether I've exceeded expectations or I've met expectations. But what is much more useful to me is to know the, that, okay, these are the things that I've done correctly. And I sh- these are the things that I've done really very well. And I should do much more of. And this is where I need to improve. It's also useful uh, to put that in the context of where the organization is going. So I may be very good at, for example, coming to the office on time. But that is not going to make or break uh, the success of the organization going forward. I need to identify what is it that I'm doing that's really adding value to the organization that I'm part of and ensure that that's where I'm exceeding expectations and that's where I'm excelling. Yep, I I absolutely agree there, Zaitl. And, uh, uh, you know, just getting back to the focus uh, topic of the day, can I expect a different salary increase uh, by different levels of performance? Yes, absolutely. So uh, unlike in some of some of the other Western and more developed countries, in India, uh, you can expect a different salary increase depending on the performance rating that you've had. And we've done a lot of work um, analyzing the what we call performance differentials. Right. So as a percentage of an average performer, how much more or less can a top performer get? Um, Historically, we found that the number was smaller than it is today. So between 2006 and and 2010, a top performer could get 1.3 times the increase of an average performer. Whereas 2016 to 2020, the top performer could get as much as 1.7 times uh, the increase of an average performer. So that's a pretty significant shift over the last, you know, um, eight to 12 years. Um, I think the um, other point to note is that there's uh, an in-between sort of rating, uh, which is often it sees expectations or, you know, um, that are exceeded some expectations, and as some organizations may call it. Even um, 
people at that rating could get about a 1.4 times as much as um, the average performer could get. So therefore, right. if we go back to our initial number of 9.1, which was the average for the country, that is the average across all performance uh, ratings put together. And that is why someone who met expectations may only get about an 8.4% increase because a higher increase has been allocated to those that exceeded expectations and those that were rated as outstanding performers. Right. So uh, what I fundamentally hear is that uh, while organizations have increased the differentiation for top performance vis-a-vis uh, -vis the average performer, at the same time you said that the bell curve itself has become much sharper mm -hmm. and uh, uh, there are lesser number of people that are actually rated uh, or lesser percentage of people that are actually rated as top performers. So do you see that organizations are actually uh, allocating the money differently now as compared to what they used to do? Absolutely. And uh, some of that has to do with um, salary increase budgets going down as well. So if I have more money, I'm willing to give people a higher rating so because I can afford to give them higher increases. If I have less money, I know that I need to be very, very sure that the people I'm giving the higher increases to are my top performers and are the people who are going to make or break or, you know, make the difference in my organization. Right. Yeah. So uh, we saw salary increases at double digit numbers 10 years ago. They've now come back in the last three or four years to single digit numbers. And uh, therefore, uh, we're seeing higher differentiation, but also a much sharper performance curve. Right. Uh, another interesting theme uh, that I kind of note here is that uh, while the overall salary increase numbers have actually fallen down over the last uh, 10 years. Mm -hmm. Because of this increased differentiation, the top performers actually haven't really seen that dip. Absolutely. So the organization has said, I have less money. Let me try and continue to give the same kind of increase to the top performer as I used to give 8 to 10 years ago. But that is coming at the cost of um, the people who met expectations and the people who didn't meet expectations. So those numbers are the places that we've seen the highest dip. Right. We also keep hearing uh, from a variety of uh, sources, a variety of news articles that organizations are actually doing away with bell curves and doing away with ratings and looking at the entire uh, philosophy of performance management very differently. Mm -hmm. What is your take on that? One of the pieces of advice that we give um, when um, people read articles like this in the media and uh, call us up is don't use anecdotal information and the media is not the best source of um, fact uh, as I think we've known in, in other um, aspects of our society. Uh, so we asked organizations, what is the methodology that you use uh, to assess performance? And 85% of the respondents in our survey say that they continue to use the bell curve. Oh, 85% okay. is a large number. Correct. Um, 3% of the organization said that they use a feedback-based approach. So that's where you may or not, may not have ratings, but the focus is less on the bell curve and more on the feedback that I talked about. Okay. Many of these organizations were the organizations that tend to be uh, featured in the media. 
and uh, their rationale is very simple. They say that, you know, we focus so much on the bell curve that uh, the whole purpose of performance feedback was getting lost. So we're saying, uh, not going to do end of year ratings. What we will do is regular check-ins with employees and we'll give them multi-rater feedback. So feedback, not just from the managers, but from their subordinates, in some cases from their peers or their clients or their customers. Um, so that they get uh, information on what they're doing correctly and what they need to do um, much better. Uh, that said, uh, in conversations uh, with these organizations, they do say that they maintain some kind of a rating system backend uh, because it helps with uh, the other aspects of talent management that are typically linked to ratings. Right. Um, the other point to note is that uh, this is not necessarily easier for an employee or for an organization uh, to administer. Because if you think about uh, performance conversations that happen once or twice a year, yes, certainly giving feedback four times a year or even more frequently than that will be beneficial to the employee. But it's also extremely uh, time consuming for the manager. So if a manager has 10 direct reports and needs to uh, speak to them twice a year versus speaking to their 10 direct reports four or eight times a year, the manager in the latter case is spending a lot more time. Yeah. Uh, plus, as an individual, I'm giving feedback to my manager, to my subordinates, to my peers, and so on and so forth. That could very easily become a cottage industry of it by itself. So yeah. uh, many firms that, uh, you know, did focus on feedback-based approaches are saying that it is more difficult than they initially anticipated uh, because of the time investment um, that is required. Right. Do you, would you prescribe one way of uh, managing performance vis-a-vis -vis the other? Not necessarily. Um, not necessarily. I would still say um, that some form of classification is required. Okay. An organization's culture will determine whether it wants to communicate that classification or not. All types of performance management systems, at least the successful ones, are ones that focus on the feedback. So what did I do well? What didn't I do well? What do I need to improve on? And we found that uh, the best investment that an organization can make in its performance management system is not so much to change the rating scale or to change the technology and so on. It is uh, to invest in training its managers to give proper employee feedback. Because sure. uh, that is what stays with the employee and that is what uh, makes or breaks, um, you know, the concept of performance management within an organization. I may have the best performing employee rated very well, but if the manager hasn't been able to convey um, that to the employee in the feedback discussion, much of the value of that is lost. Sure. Thank you, Zaidal, for all of those insights. Um, that brings us to the end of this episode of our podcast series, The Salary Hike Stories. Thank you. Thank you listeners for joining in. Hope you found this useful and insightful. If you liked it, do feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues. If you missed the previous episodes, do check them out on your favorite podcast application. My name is Anustab. Thank you and goodbye.